Todd Davis helped found LifeLock in 2005. Since then, he's led the company from startup to a successful publicly traded company with revenues of $476 million in 2014. With that as a backdrop, let's talk about the biggest issues today in identity theft and fraud prevention. Hi, this is Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group, and I welcome you to one of our executive session discussions with security leaders. And as you know, I'm talking today with Todd Davis. He's the CEO and founder of LifeLock. Todd, thank you so much for joining me today. Pleasure to be on with you, Tom. So, Todd, we've come so far in 10 years' time. As, as you look at the threat landscape in 2015, what do you see as today's biggest threats to identity? Well, I really see a couple of things. One is we see, you know, really concentrated efforts by large organizations, sometimes maybe even other countries, where people are trying to get that identity information and turn it into money. So this is almost now turned into the age of the mega data breach, where we're seeing them attack and go after you know millions of records at a time, and trying to get that critical information, you know, the name, birth date, social security number, because that kind of information is it's you can't just go replace it, you can't just go get a new one, it doesn't expire, and so we really see that threat growing, and we're seeing the results of that. The other is our own behavior, right? So everything that we do, uh, social networks, our smartphones, and the way we can transact and store information, the growth of e-commerce, m-commerce on your on your mobile device, each one of those contributes to a higher probability that those criminals who are targeting their efforts can get that information and use it for malicious means. So when you look at organizations, where do you see the biggest security gaps, and how is LifeLock addressing those in, in your new business initiatives? At the consumer level, at an individual level, we've seen both where the criminals are, are looking to change their vectors of attack from just trying to get the uh, credit card number, debit card number. Now they're going after things like checking and savings accounts, investment, retirement accounts, where the money is. And so we've had to adjust accordingly, expand our product and service offerings to broaden uh, that coverage, to broaden the areas. And while we can't see everything, we've continued to enhance and make sure that we are proactively trying to have the chance to stop the crime before it happens. We're also seeing organizations who are thinking about, what if I have an emergency, what if we find out that someone has penetrated our systems and gotten some of our data. We have services like a, a data breach service now that we offer to enterprises. It's kind of like the in case of emergency break glass. It's all planned out. We're ready to go on a moment's notice to mitigate the chance that if the information has gotten into the wrong hands, they can really start doing damage with it. So, Todd, as I mentioned up front, LifeLock is 10 years old in 2015. When the company first started, you were recognized as being a bit of a pioneer in acknowledging identity fraud as a serious consumer issue. Over this past decade, how would you say that that concept of identity fraud has evolved? It's been amazing to see this happen, Tom, and the, and the progression, maturation of the industry. Uh, I want you to remember when we started LifeLock, in many states, you could have your Social Security number as your driver's license number for convenience which sounds crazy now, 10 years later. I can't believe we put 
every bit of information that a criminal would need on one document, that if they got their hands on it, they had my name, birthday, social security number, and address, not to mention my picture. So we've really seen that people used to talk about things like dumpster diving as a mechanism and a reason that identity theft was growing. People used to really uh, just think about, well, isn't that just getting my credit card or my debit card number? And that's what they must mean by identity fraud or identity theft. We have seen it evolve aggressively. We've seen where the criminals are both going after that information, not only selling your information to other criminals as a way to make money, but really systematic approaches to turning that identity, that PII, into money, then putting it on the shelf. Once you discover you become a victim, you start cleaning things up. Well, we've seen the criminals over this time store your information, sit on it for years, and then come back and hit you again because that's still that name, birthday, social security number still works. So, unfortunately, we've seen the fraud, the way they attack, you know, looking at the large enterprises and collecting purposefully, collecting tens of millions of files, personal information, personal records for individuals. We've seen that grow dramatically over that 10 years. So as I remember LifeLock coming to life, it was perceived as mainly a consumer protection organization. How has your company evolved in this same time span? You know, we've really become a technology company. You know, in fact, in the earliest days, Tom, we were really a convenient service. We helped you do some things that you might be able to do yourself, but for convenience, we were there kind of like you could do your own taxes, but we, we could help you with it. We've really evolved dramatically and become, in fact, I'm extremely proud of the technology company we have become and can provide to our consumers. We have insights in a real-time way that no other organization has. For example, when you go into a wireless store to get a new, say, iPhone 6, you know, we are integrated into the AT&Ts, the Sprints, the Verizons of the world, into their back office so that at that moment, while you're standing in the store, when they ping their network and our network to say, is this person who they say they are, what's the risk of doing business? We give them a sub-second response, taking into consideration all the other things we see in your life, other credit card applications, mortgage, car loans, payday loans, activity with a checking or savings account. And we're able to give them an informed score, decisioning, for them to make sure that they're doing everything they can to protect you and them as an institution. And that technology platform is now unique to us. It's patented IP, and we now have a foundation to build off of for our future products and services. Now, Todd, you started off in, in technology organizations. I'm sure it's no surprise to you that LifeLock has become a technology company. Absolutely true. I mean, it was really my endeavor, uh, and I had the vision early on that we could go define this new industry. And while early on, as the founder of the organization, and a bit for a while, the, the face and the voice uh, of the organization, it was really about education. But that never changed our focus that we wanted to go build the technology platform. We wanted to go be the first company that was really all about just protecting your identity. You know, we were up against the large credit bureaus and these folks who made the rest of their money selling people's data to third parties. And so, you know, I was pretty focused uh, from the day I started the company 
that how do we begin to aggregate different technology data sets to really empower the consumer so that they could live freely in this always connected world. And to your points earlier, as we've seen technology involve and our, our behaviors involve and the criminals evolve their attack methods, it's really been fantastic that we can use technology to our advantage to give these consumers the ability to go ahead and have your smartphone, use the social networks, bank and shop online, and we'll have your back. So how has this whole ride changed you? How has your perspective evolved and and maybe even your approach to running the company? Well, I can uh, tell you it's been an incredible journey so far. And although we're still early into it, I am most blessed to be able to surround myself with just some incredibly talented and experienced people. So I think for me the growth was, you know, I was probably known a little bit as a, you know, passionate gunslinger, you know, maverick type in the early days trying to, evangelize the message that you can do something, you know, that everyone should be taking ownership of their own identities. They should be taking steps to protect themselves. And I was, you know, pretty loud out there in the marketplace. But over time, I was able to attract because we had the traction, because we built the brand, because, you know, consumers really – showed incredible loyalty. They loved our service and, you know, on average, stay with us eight years per member. And people began to take notice, and that really gave me the opportunity to evolve as a leader, to be able to surround myself with smarter, um, more experienced people than me, for us to be able to execute at a much higher level. So it's been a fantastic journey. I've been very blessed. You know, there's not too many founder CEOs who make it all the way to them becoming public company. CEOs, and I attribute all of that to the people I've been able to put around me. So you're at a time now where we see nation-state activity. We have a generation up and coming that essentially was born with a smartphone in its hand. We're in the age of the Internet of Things and all that that implies. In this landscape, what are the identity fraud trends that really concern you the most? Well, I think the ones that concern me the most are the weakest links in this, right? The, the criminals are going to go to our the softest part of the underbelly. And so the places I see it, I think we're going to see uh, just growth in things like hard not present. So when you think of e-commerce or shopping online, I think we're going to see a growth there. That will be driven by things like, uh, you know, chip and pen and those kind of things, right, uh, that are coming to our credit cards and debit cards themselves. But I think what concerns me is is seeing those trends. They're going after things like your tax return fraud. I mean, it's a multi-billion dollar a year problem. And the criminals are attacking there because they know that just government moves slower. It's harder to put together a private public sector solution. So they're going to go to those places where uh, they can do the most damage and have the least probability of getting caught, where they can collect the most critical data. So we all have to give our Social Security numbers to our employers, our federal and state governments for tax purposes. So they're going to go to those areas. And so it, it is concerning to me that we can't move fast enough because they get to just move. And once they find a weak point, they attack in droves. So where then, to, to borrow from Wayne Gretzky, do you see LifeLock having to skate to stay ahead of the puck? Well, I think that's where we're trying to be progressive. 
and the idea, Tom, of we know they're going to start going after more investment and retirement accounts. That They're going to start looking, how do I get a chip and pin card in your name, Tom, so I can go to town and, and turn this into money. So I think we've got, almost got a crystal ball to look at because Europe, you know, has had chip and pin and for the most part over a decade. And we saw what happened. I think we're going to see billions of dollars a year uh, in card present fraud. So what I mean by that is someone shows up, hands a cashier a credit card or, or waiter or waitress, hands them your credit card. That's being card present fraud. Someone has to make a fake one. That's roughly 30-ish percent of the fraud that occurs today. So we're going to see billions of dollars in fraud reduced in card present, but it's going to look like we squeeze a water balloon. They're just going to go out to the new vectors of card not present because a chip and pen card doesn't do you any good online when you're just typing in your number into the computer screen. We're also going to see them going after new account openings, right? getting new credit cards, doing things like getting services, whether they're tax goods or getting into investment and retirement accounts. So that's why we've continued to expand. How do we look at your checking, savings, investment, uh, and even going all the way to your other transactions. If you want us to kind of consolidate, we, we call it transaction monitoring, we'll take a look at all the behavior, where your spending patterns are, and we'll alert you when we see what kind of what you think of anomalies in your behavior. So think about the way a single credit card today will ping you if they see something unusual and either stop the card transaction going through or ping you and ask you to contact them to just verify, authenticate a transaction. LifeLock's really looking at the landscape. How do we do that across your whole life instead of just with a single credit card relationship? Let's talk about the enterprise for a bit. And as we discussed, you're frequently associated with consumers, but only recently you launched a data breach service for enterprises. In this enterprise space, what do you see as your biggest challenges as well as opportunities? Well, I certainly think there's still education to be done, right, with the enterprises. And so that's really on two fronts. One, having the enterprise, especially, you know, mid-size, small mid-size enterprises who, hey, we're working every day on our day jobs. You know, we're, we're uh, producing, looking at that return on investment. To take that moment, take a step back and say, okay, but what do I need to do to be prepared for in this age of the mega data breach? And the idea that we can go in, really give them a bundled solution to say, look, here is a well-thought-out plan. Here is pre-negotiated terms to the deal. If you have any kind of data breach, we're there, flip the switch, we will make sure that you've done everything you can to mitigate any risk of the data that's been compromised turning into identity theft. And if something occurs, all these folks that you're going to have to notify that their data has been compromised, you can give them the peace of mind, but don't worry. LifeLock has your back, their million-dollar total service guarantee. So that education side gets a little tough because it's kind of like me trying to convince you if you haven't you know, put together your crisis communication or as an individual, you know, does everybody have their will all set up? Do you have the right insurance products in place? This is the same kind of behavior. You've got to have the foresight to really think about the good news is we've got now the research. We see the companies coming back and saying, hey, this is great for my productivity, for my employees. Not only is it a great line of defense 
for us and a backstop if something happened, it's actually a great employee retention tool. Consumers are so concerned about this that if I give it to them, they see it as a value-add employee benefit, and if something happens, they don't have to be in fear. They do know that LifeLock has their back. So we'll continue to educate. We'll get out there. We'll, uh, we're seeing some nice responses to this new enterprise breach service offering, and we'll continue to invest the dollars to make sure people are aware of it. Todd, in the enterprise space, what do you find that organizations most misunderstand about identity fraud? I would really say there's a couple things uh, that they don't understand. Again, you know, who's targeting the data? They're thinking to themselves, well, what are they trying to go do with it? You know, why would they want my employee or customer data? And they're not always uh, aware that they're a whole, almost think of them like black market eBays online where once someone gets especially a, a a volume of information to write an entire database, a spreadsheet of your uh, employee data or, or PII of your customers, they go online and almost auction it. We see uh, this traffic on these chat rooms, Tom, and where the criminals sell them in lots of 100, 500, 1,000, 5,000, 10,000 uh, identities at a time. And so I don't think that the enterprises understand why they would be targeted for such information. It's not just about trying to get information inside their firewall to get to the company. That information just about your employees or customers can be valuable. So I certainly think that's one of it. The second is that they don't always understand there are these steps you can take to actually help prevent this from occurring in the first place. Think if I could offer you a medical insurance that isn't just to back up, that isn't just there once you have expenses, but what if I could actually give you the chance to make you healthier if you engaged in this now and mitigated the chance that you would ever need the insurance side of the medical because you didn't need to get treatment, right? And so that's a change for people. That's uh, misunderstood that this is what this is. This is not aggregating risk across the population. This is the chance to mitigate the risk before something happens. So, Todd, give me one tip. What one step could organizations take right now that would reduce their risks? Well, educate yourself to these options. Obviously, I'm wildly biased that you should educate yourself about LifeLock, but I invite everyone, don't just look at LifeLock. Look at multiple services that are out there today that are offering you the opportunity to have this moment in case of emergency break glass, that are offering you services that, that claim to be identity protection. Evaluate everyone, but please Take the steps to educate yourself today so you can make an informed decision and have this in place so that, God forbid, something happens to you and your organization, you are prepared in an instant to take care of your employees and your customers. Do you think you personally have another 10 years in you? I love this. We've just begun the fight. Are you kidding? I cannot wait till the same example I gave you about 10 years ago. We used to have our Social Security numbers as possibly on your driver's license. There will be a day, Tom, where people say, can you believe we used to go without some form of identity protection? And we're still at the very early innings of that. I can't wait 
to be a part of it, and that's what I want my legacy to be. That my twin boys one day, when someone asks them, what does your dad do? It's not going to be started LifeLock. It's not going to be took a company public. I want them to say, well, you used to hear about a crime called identity theft all the time, but my dad helped beat it. Todd, that's a great way to end the conversation here. Thank you so much for your time and your insight. Tom, it's an honor to be with you. Thanks so much. The topic has been identity theft and fraud prevention. I've been talking with Todd Davis, CEO of LifeLock. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.